Welcome back to another episode of the One Kick From Glory podcast, recording this segment right after Manchester City win their first Champions League trophy, a historic treble for Pep Guardiola's team, his second treble in his managerial career. What an achievement. Guys, looking back on that game, how do you look back on what Man City have done in this match? Yep, massive, massive result for Man City. Champions League winners for the first time in their club history. Congratulations to Pep Guardiola, um, firstly and foremost. And then congratulations to Man City for finally breaking that duck and winning big ears. Um, I thought they was quite fortunate tonight into miss some big chances and really should have got back into the game. But you have to ride your luck to get across the line and winning that treble is significant. So congratulations, Manchester City. Yeah, um, congratulations to Man City, done the treble. Respect where respect is due. You know, they've gone ahead and done it, made history, you know, kind of put the 99 treble for a bit of a distant memory, to be brutally honest. Uh, Inter did better than I thought, though. Did way better. I thought this was going to be a bit of a whitewash. But, you know, for another day, there's chances. Get buried. Lukaku... Bloody hell, coming back to Chelsea, that's uh, even less goals we're going to score. Should have scored right at the end, but, you know. So, yeah, respect to them. Congrats to Pep, but that's as far as it's going to go for me. You, know, you all know how I feel about these guys. You know, great, didn't want it. Do I care? Was it a great, passionate, passionate emotional moment? No, but, you know, congrats. And, yeah, roll on 2023-24. Man City won the Champions League. Congratulations to them. Am I happy they won it? Not really, but you have to support the English team, I guess. Inter were very unlucky. Lukaku could have scored a hat-trick coming on and missed some great chances. So, see what happens with him next season, if he goes back to Chelsea or not. But he would have been a, a hero of Milan if he had scored them chances he missed. But congratulations to Man City. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely a big conversation to be had now about how we rank and rate these managers in history. I know with all the things that Sax Ferguson has done in his career, what Jose Mourinho has done in his career, what Carlo Ancelotti has done in his career, and also what Pep Guardiola has done for years and years and years. Obviously not forgetting Arsene Wenger, but when it comes down to Europe, the four managers I mentioned, they stand in a category of their own. So I think there's definitely a conversation to be had there about those managers. So yeah, congratulations again, Man City. That congratulation is capped. But anyway, we're going to head back to the early recording in this week as we discussed our thoughts on this game prior to this game and what it means in the grand history of things for Man City. And obviously behind this amazing success has been Guardiola. And it's been quite interesting to see just the benefit of continuity and keeping him around for so long. For you, Craig, when you look at Paris Saint-Germain, because you know, at the end of the day, both clubs are in a... They're rivals from an uh, ownership level. You know, it's Abu Dhabi, Dubai versus Qatar. Right. So when you think about it, they're both striving for the same end goal. Man City have actually got, they both reached finals. They both failed at finals. But you feel like Man City have had a much better process in that thing. What do you think are the lessons that, Man, that um, PSG could learn from what Man City have done so far with Pep Guardiola? By superstars. Simple as that. Man City did it the right way. When they were recruitment on players, Man City would not go and buy like a Neymar or a Messi and try to fit a picture, a, a puzzle into a ready 
not very good fix. fix. They were going back. They'll buy Bernardo Silva from a Monaco, developing for a couple of seasons and play to his system that he wants to play. Like Jack Grealish, for example, the buyer Jack Grealish, who, 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 who you thought was is he worth a hundred million? No, he's showing at the time. No, but still not. Still not. Well, yeah, well, he's 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 delivered the season. To be fair, not goals, but he's done he's done the job that Guardiola wants to do. Guardiola only buys players that fit the way how he wants to play. I'm 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 gonna say this, yeah. Jack Grealish is the English club. Look up their stats for the for club for the 07 08 season and Grealish for this season. Jack Grealish is the English club. He even looks has his socks the same way. But carry on. <laughs> So I feel like PSG was just going for like they went for Messi, they went for Neymar, they had Mbappe, they had Di Maria, they had all these elite players and didn't win the Champions League. They got close to the final in 2020, was it? Yeah. 2020 they got to the final. They should have won that final. To be fair, they were a the better team. But then PSG, then Bayern Munich used their experience and the know-how to win European Cups and beat them. But also, do you not think that where PSG have gone wrong is that they don't stick? With the manager that's gotten them close enough to that point, because you look at Thomas Tuchel, they should have kept him. Why did they fire him? And uh, the rumors now, obviously, Christian Gaultier has been fired. Mm. He's been let go already. Yeah, uh, no surprise there. Um, questionable about his past and some racist comments. Yeah. It's not calling him a racist, but it's what it is. Um, and there's also major rumors that Nagelsmann might be becoming the next manager. With Henri, no, well, Henri's not going there. He doesn't want to give up his punditry job. I'm saying I know why, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I would not leave that job just right now. You get? Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like you're right. They, they don't have a project at players' studio. I think, like, if you don't do one in the league, don't do one in the European Cup, you get sacked this next season. Pogotier won the league, though. Pochettino won the league, got sacked. This, uh, this new man, Gutierrez, won the league, got sacked. But they were paying poor. They didn't do well in Europe. They didn't do well. And I feel that like they need a manager... Give him a, like a five-year deal. So listen, we wanted to do well in Europe. Wanted to develop, get the right players. And we'll give you the checkbook. Get the right players in that you want. Not what we're going to demand and get. You get the players you want. Build a foundation from there. And see if you can win a Champions League in the next five, in five years. But managers are not, but nowadays managers are not getting five-year contracts to, um, to, to, to build on squad now. Everything nowadays is instant. They want an instant, instant, instant. They have to be successful instant. It don't work like that anymore. Guardiola was given time and he built, and Guardiola, maybe because his reputation as a good, good manager, why he was given time. His first season wasn't that good. Didn't win anything his first season. His second season, he realised what he needed to do to win the league. He brought in better fullbacks. So players like Clichy, players like um, Sanya, they all left. He got rid of Nazri. He got rid of all these players that were there from the past and he built a great winning team. And after that, it's like winning big trophies. So there you go. I want to throw this to you. I got two questions for you, Mark. But the first one I ask you is like, obviously, with the news that Thomas Tuchel, not Thomas Tuchel, so Julian Nagelsmann is likely to be the next uh, Paris Saint Germain manager. Lionel Messi has officially left. Well, not official yet. I think it might be. Wait, Lionel Messi is oh, going official. to Inter Miami. Yeah. It's official. A land breaking deal. We're going to talk about that a bit more just in a little bit. But for you, how successful do you think Julian Nagelsmann will be at? Um, Paris Saint-Germain considering where he's come from so far and the club that he very nicely rejected on his path to get into Paris um, I'm still not convinced Nagelsmann will be the next PSG manager um, personally um, obviously time will tell um, but I, I'm I'm personally not convinced 
he'll get the job. I think that the, the problem with Nagelsmann is that, you know, at a big club, um, he he still acts a bit too much like a child for, for the big egoed players and characters. And, you know, look, like, it, it, you know, Bayern Munich, um, you know, are quite an aging squad and they're, they're pros in that dressing room are older than Nagelsmann and the attitude of Bayern has always been, we want a father figure manager, someone that we respect and look up to, not a, a brother um, who's our coach. Right. And, you know, you look at Hankins, you look at Guardiola, you know, these are guys who were, were, were fathers to the players, you know, and, you know, respected across the board. And then there's Julian Nagelsmann, you know, rolling in on his wheelies to to training, right? Like, you know, and he's just like, come on, mate. Like, you know, you need to grow up a little bit. Plus, I also, you know, I, I think it's it's pretty clear that a handful of the Bayern players lost respect for Nagelsmann with his relationship choices. So, you know, we won't go into too much detail on that, but I, I think that took a hit on, on Nagelsmann too. Now, I think PSG's ambition is to win the Champions League. And I think PSG need to rethink how they get there because their attitude is to every manager, can you win the, is the Champions League? The manager obviously says yes. They hire them. And when they don't win the Champions League, they get fired. Um, and PSG need to really think about the way they want to play, the style of football that they want to have um, and the direction that they want to move in. And, you know, yet... If their ambition is still the same, then Nagelsmann, I don't think, is the right candidate. I think they should continue on their path of hiring the biggest name, biggest star, biggest potential manager with the ability to give them what they want at any given time. And for me, at this particular time, uh, Mr. Mr. Jose Mourinho uh, might be the man who's back on the path making a rise after his success at Roma. Um, and he is a big enough ego to manage any dressing room. Um, and the PSG dressing room is a dressing room that I feel like he's wanted, um, but had kind of fallen a little bit below the level um, and has had to work his way back up. Um, but I, I think I think Mr. Mourinho could be the next PSG manager. Here's a follow-up question on that. If Jose went to PSG and won the Champions League in his first season, would that then, where would that put him in like the top all-time managers? Because for me, that, that's that's knocking at top three if he was to go there and do it in one season. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Look, we. I think we've, I think because of how bad Jose's been over the last, well, you know, his time, since, since leaving Man United, you know, Tottenham was bad. And then he's done a pretty good job at Roma, but, it, you know, we all, we all accept that Mourinho you know, once was saying that playing in the Europa League was a joke, let alone crying when winning the Europa Conference League, right? So we, we know he's he's definitely, you know, fallen down a, at least a tier in in that process. But um but I think we forget what Jose did. Um Jose Mourinho won the Champions League with Porto. Jose Mourinho won the treble with an aging Inter Milan team. Like Peak Jose Mourinho is one of the greatest coaches ever. And, you know, if you want a reminder of how good Jose was, go and go and find that BBC documentary um, on him from 
back in the day, like 10 years ago, and just watch that back, and you'll remember how good of a coach Jose Mourinho was. I think Jose Mourinho probably still is in the top five all-time managers. Um, uh, maybe top 10, but, you know, you could put maybe six, seven, but I, I think he's close to that top five all-time managers, and there'd be no doubt he would be, you know, top three if he won the Champions League with PSG first season. Yeah, I, you know what, I think, we're going to have a debate about that in an episode coming up very, very soon as part of our summer special pre-season, well, season wrap-up slash pre-season prelude to what's to come. Will Chelsea bounce back? Who knows? Probably not. Will Tottenham still be crap? Probably, most likely. But anyway, <laughs> a southern point out the obvious. What, what's really interesting with this season, of course, is that um, Man City are on track for making history. I said earlier, but what with that, you know, you kind of take a step back this year and we, we've had a lot of variety in terms of the champions in, in a lot of the other, well, Barca won the league again, which looked like it was never going to happen with how Ramajid had been dominating them and how they started this season. In Italy, Napoli won it for the first time in a long, long time. 47 and 47 years. 47 years. And we saw the amazing scenes over there. And, and in fact, there's a funny thing where the, 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 the Napoli ultras, they um they took away some uh, the stereo and the steering wheel from uh, the manager Luciano Spalletti's car a couple of years ago and said to him we will return them when you leave. As he has now left the club, they gave them back to him at the airport. And I just thought, <laughs> what a club! Like like I I know that they're crazy, but you gotta love it though, because because it's like it's it's they'll rob you, but I'll give it back to you. <laughs> Like a right of I think there's only one player that was that a current signing that was actually his, the only one who's not been robbed. Like they, they were just like, nah, leave him. He's he's really one of us. <laughs> he doesn't need the destination, just leave him. But um, but I say all of that because you look at um Germany and obviously Bayern Munich won it on the last day. Dortmund, you lot really bottled it. Like I know people say Arsenal bottled it, but to be honest, it was a bit too soon for us. Okay, I don't like the term bottle. I feel like we 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 stumbled and chucked it away. You guys. You had you played the worst team in the league at home on the last day of the season, and all you had to do was win. I have not seen a worse performance. No, actually, I have. That was worse than Arsenal's start against Southampton. It was just pathetic. Two 0 down. That twenty minutes. It, it, it yeah. Just, it was like, what are we doing here? You you, you know the, the packed stadium, and the fans. The fans are amazing. They sang at the end of the game. This is you know. But I had a lot of injuries though. Doesn't matter, Craig. All you got to do is win at home against the worst team in the league. The worst. I mean, we've been there. So I know how it feels. <laughs> so I feel your pain. The difference is, at that point, it was already kind of over for us. <laughs> but you lot, come on, man. Um, but do, do we think that there are concerns with the fact that Man City are kind of turning the league into their own little monopoly? Now, I do agree that, you know, we've all pushed them to varying degrees over the seasons. I think Liverpool, you've definitely given them a good run over the years. This season, we we kept top warm for them. That's how I'm going to phrase it now. We kept number one warm for them, but they came back and they're making it so that you have to be near perfect to win the league. I mean, Liverpool, the season you didn't win it was 97-point season. You drew one game and it, or lost one game. It was against them and that was it. Mm -hmm. Like, and that, that's, that's insane. But for you guys, like, I saw you, Matthew, then Craig, and, and Mark. Like, do we really think that there needs to be a genuine, like, are we genuinely concerned that Man City are turning the Premier League into what is perceived as the most competitive league into actually one where at the very top, it isn't? 
Well, since he's arrived in 20, was it 2017, he arrived for the first time. Since after then, he always seemed to be in the title picture. I mean, they've only not, they've only lost the title once, and that was against Liverpool. And twice. twice? His first season didn't really. Oh, it was Chelsea. That was us. That was us. So, yeah, that was Chelsea and, um, and Liverpool. Other than that, it's Man City. But it's not so much that they're turning into much of a farmer's league. Like you said, it's it's getting so hard to get near to them. And it's almost as if it, the only the only way the only time they let you the only time you get to them is if they let you get to them sort of things like they're masters of their own downfall. But their run, it just seems to be a kind of moment where they run perfectly to the point that other clubs in an absolute mire just can't compete. I mean, look how what we did. We're in them two out of ten season for us, maybe even less than that for the money. Two, two out of one. Negative one, how many, however numbers possible. You, you can't spend that much money and give yourself a two out of 10. You're in zero, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened with, I mean, you know, we all at the start of the season thought Liverpool were giving them a thing. What happened with them? Then you, you know, towards the end, it just got a bit too much for you, you know, but it's, it's, it's turning out that way because they're setting a standard that for even for some clubs is just so hard to reach because you don't really hear much of unsettling in their club between the manager or the board. You don't really hear them and get into any kind of nonsense. Yes, when they spend the money, but that money is, you know, that money is worth it. So even when they do spend the 100, 100 millions on Jack Grealish, it fades away when they win how many trophies. It doesn't fade away. He's not worth 100 million. He's still not worth 100 million. The English slab. English, English slab. I'm going to make that stick. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call him from here on out. The English slab. It's, it's like you got to be inch perfect at literally everything you do to get anywhere near to them. And for lots of clubs, like smaller clubs, it's just so difficult, almost to the point of it being impossible. That's why I don't feel much joy when I watch them lifting the trophies because I've seen it so many times before and how many times that you've done it. I mean, I mean, a couple of years ago, we did it without a blooming striker as well. That's just how... That's good, but also bad. It's a bit of what's happening in F1 at the moment where Red Bull are just running away, where it's like, okay, well, they're going to win. They're going to win. They're mm. going to win. It doesn't really matter. It just, it takes away. While, while for them, they're probably not even bothered because they're setting records and getting all these, getting all this silverware, you know, because they're working hard for it. But at the same time, what's left for the rest of us to do? If a Man City game's on, I'm not really going to watch. I'd much rather, much rather watch a Nottingham Forest Bournemouth game because at least I'm going to get something. Damn. Something's going to happen, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a gift and a curse in the moment. And it's very much, very turning that way of a one league team, one team league yeah. at the moment because no one's really getting to it. What, what do you think on that, Craig? As long as Boris Diodo is a manager of Man City, they're, they're going to continue winning as much trophies as they want. They've got the money, they've got the swagger, they've got the manager. Swagger? The manager's got the swagger, give the players the swagger. Yeah. <laughs> they've got, the, they got all the things that they need to be a top club. And the only way we're gonna, only way teams are gonna stop that, you can't, you can't, you can buy all the expensive players like them, still not gonna win. Look how close Liverpool were a couple of seasons ago. As you said, ninety-seven points in any decade of era of Premier League football that wins in the league. In any era of football in the nineties, that definitely wins in the league. Early two thousands, that definitely wins the, the league. The, the standard used to be about eighty points. Yeah, and Man City have broken that pedestal of points to win the league. So. They, I think that season they won a point. Was it 99 points they got that season when they no, won the they league? they got 100. Oh, I mean that season. Yeah, was ni 99. Was it, on that, was it on 99? It was, it was close enough. I think it was close off to nine, in a, almost 100. Then, there's one. No, they got the Centurions on one of those seasons. I'm not sure if it's that particular one where you got 97, Mark. Could you, if you correct us. But um, yeah, I know they came. Anyway, they came close. 
So the only way I don't know City that they can they can go and buy whoever they want, and it's, it's very difficult to compete with them. If any player gets a player now, who do you want to play for? Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. They're gonna say they want to play for Man City. But you know what? You, you you made a great point there, Craig. They can go out and buy whoever they want. But last time I checked, they have a hundred and fifteen charges against them for financial irregularities. So should they even be allowed to buy anyone this summer? No. In fact, that's what the Premier League should do. They should put a temporary freeze on how much Man City can spend this summer pending this investigation's conclusion. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's not right that they are still allowed to trade as normal when they have that massive cloud hanging up behind them. Not just a cloud, the cloud above and a dirty, stinking bag behind. (laughs) (laughs) It stinks, man. It stinks what's going up on in Manchester. I think that's what it is. I think that's what also what it is at the moment. It's not only to hang into the Farmers League, but the team that winning and going, normally you give some kind of respect and maybe even a little bit of like, fair enough for the one team that win it. But because it's them, because of that cloud, because of how they're doing it, it's like, well, okay. Now what? What's going on in the relegation battle? What's going on in the championship? It's like, I... Not to be rude, but I don't care. But do, do, do I don't you, care. Do you think that, you know, in era, not like in the 90s and early 2000s, always Man United winning the league, Arsenal in, had a little, a little spot in between. Then after that era, that it was Chelsea had the money, then Chelsea started winning the league and then Man United climbed back. I feel like now it's, it's going to be very, anyone who wins the league next season except Man City, you're going to have to have an exceptional season to win the league to beat Man City. You have well, to have an exceptional season to win the league to beat Man City, 100%. There's that. And you're gonna have to out outspend them and out and out fox pep as well. You, you'll have to tactically outdo them. I don't think you have to outspend them, but you have to tactically outdo them. But you know what? The biggest thing is that will change next season. Yeah, not money. Hundred and fifteen charges. <laughs> I don't know how much more I can say this? I will say this till I'm. I'm literally wearing blue. I'm wearing a blue Arsenal shirt for a reason because I'm feeling the blues. You're not even doing your job. You guys have one job. You literally have it there, 115 charges. They have no evidence. They have no defense against it. Chuck the book at them. Mm. Otherwise, all I'm going to say is VAR, ref us all equally. Because some of the decisions that Man City get, we don't get. And some decisions that we don't get, they get. So it's either you hit them with them charges or you be fair across the league. Or bring back the good old-fashioned Fergie time. You know what I'm saying? I didn't Mm. like it. But if, if it needs to be done, we'll it take, needs to be done. We'll take it. We'll take we'll, it. We'll take it. We've got to slow them down. But for you, Mark, do you, do you have any concerns about the potential that the league is slowly morphing into like a monopoly at the very, very top? Um, no, I don't. And and I'm going to take you on a journey as to telling you why I, I don't. Because I, I think that I think that the actual the actual reality of all of this is that there is only one factor that is keeping Man City where they are, and that one factor is Pep Guardiola. Um, and 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 let me let me just give you a little bit of background. I'm going to take you across the pond to Holland, right? Mm. And we're going to go back to 2016, which was the 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 last time before this year that another team other than Ajax won the Dutch league. Yeah, right. 2016, PSV won the Dutch league. 2017, another fantastic bald manager decides to come and take over Ajax. Um, you know the power. The power is in the baldness. Like that. That is the. That is the way you want to go, right? Like you know, there's there's only one or two exceptions to that rule. Um, you know, mainly the main that is Jurgen Klopp's lion uh, head, but everyone else, like you got to be bald. Like so, you know, PSV win the league in 2016. 
2017, Ajax win the league under Ten Hag. 2018, Ajax win the league under Ten Hag. 2019, the league gets abandoned um, and Ajax are level on points with the team in second who had a manager at the time um, that I'm going to come back to, who, by the way, is also bald, um, but he'll be where I'll wrap up my point here. Um, 2019, Ajax win the league. 2020, Ajax win the league. 2021, Ajax win the league. 2022, Ajax win the that league. lovely bald manager moves... <laughs> That lovely bold manager moves to Man United. 2023, Ajax, for the first time in seven years, don't win the league, don't even finish second. Wow. Feyenoord win the league, and PSV finish second. Now, look, case in point, it's the same reality in England, is that Man City are strong because Guardiola is the greatest coach of all time. His record outstrips Alex Ferguson. If Guardiola stays at Man City... For 26 years, he'll win 22 league titles, right? Like, this is the reality of the path in which, you know, Guardiola is producing the levels that he produces. Now, Liverpool have been able to put a dent in that Man, United, that Man City journey so that it wasn't ideally perfect by being perfect for three years and still only winning one Premier League title. But the reason why Liverpool could do that is because they have a manager called Jurgen Klopp who is the only manager in the world to have a better record against Pep Guardiola than Pep Guardiola has against him. 27 games played, Klopp's won more games than Guardiola has won um, against him. And that is a massive, massive dynamic here because football rises and falls with the manager. So, back to wrapping up my point as to why I don't think the monopoly is on the league, Pep will eventually leave. And Man City will not be producing the same standard. Um, unless, unless, and this is where I think the fight for who wants to be the next best team in England and have the monopoly is who can hire the bald manager at Feyenoord <laughs> as their replacement for, for Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp, right? Like, you know, Arne Slot is... The manager who was the AZ Alkmaar manager when the league ended in Ajax, um, and because you know, of COVID, oh. and they were second in the league, level on points with Ajax, fifty six points. Arna Slot won the league with Ajax this year. I am so glad that man saw sense and didn't sign for Tottenham <laughs> this summer, um, because I'd have sat here and wrote Tottenham a third place finish if he had it done. Um, because Arna Slot is genuinely the next best up-and-coming manager in world football. He is the most attacking Dutch football manager since Johan Cruyff. He plays a style of football that is a combination of Guardiola's, you know, tactical genius. He runs a disciplined ship like Alex Ferguson. Arne Slot, as far as I view it, is the next best man like, upcoming manager in world football. And whether it's Liverpool or whether it's Man City, I think his destination will be England. And whichever one decides to get rid of their manager first and replace them with Arna Slot for a five, six year deal, I think will probably be the one in the best position moving forward. Well, in Tessa, you, you better do well next season because we're looking at him as well. If you don't do well, I don't mind <laughs> taking him. <laughs> so wow, that, that, that's my that's my analysis. 
forward to that. One. I mean, I think I think that that is pretty comprehensive. If you don't know who Arne Slot is, I think you're all going to be googling him now. I know a lot of Tottenham fans out there. You have got a new coach. Uh, Celtics manager has um, t- accepted your offer after saying he didn't know who you were and felt it was a bit confused. Well, it's, it is, sorry, let me didn't say that exactly. He just thought all the paper talk was just paper talk, but it was quite interesting that you've now secured him. He's a good one. Um, you might actually have a good season. Uh, I'm going to put you down as a top 10 finish. Uh, somewhere between 5 and 10, which would be really good for you considering last year. So... That's what I'm putting down for you. No higher than that because the top four is very full. We've got one club to my right that'll be desperate to get back into it. And we know Liverpool will be back in there next year. So it just is what it is. Unless if, well, no, they will be. That's pretty much obvious. Now, as I said earlier, Lionel Messi has made the decision to move to Inter Miami in what has been a land-breaking deal. He's one of the first players in world football who's also getting a share of the TV broadcast rights. Now, here's why this is really interesting. And it ties into what I think is the long-term play from a play in terms of what's going to happen with uh, the Premier League broadcasting in the next couple of years. So Apple have the exclusive rights to the MLS broadcasting uh, this season. They paid a lot of money for it. The advertising is all over all the, all the games. But here's where it's, really, where it's really great. You can watch every single game on Apple TV. Uh, you can pay a monthly subscription or an annual subscription. It's not even that expensive. I think it's about 70 or 60 pounds, I think, for the year. So it's actually really, really affordable. And they have a rolling 24, at least on game day, they have literally a, a channel, the equivalent of um, Soccer Saturday. But you actually get live footage. Not like we do where you get some really random commentary. Thing. You get live footage of the games whilst it's going on. And they cut between different games. You can pick the game to watch live and they'll just take you on around the clubs. They are very good at going to the right game at the right time. Every time I've watched it, because I've watched it a couple of times, because I'm curious about it. They cut to a game and a goal scoring chance happens <laughs> every time. I'm like, you guys are good. But I say all of that because I ultimately feel that Apple's move is going to be to try and get in on the Premier League broadcasting thing. We've seen how Amazon have done it with Prime with the games over winter, which is what which works really well. We've seen BT Sport and Sky Sports kind of stagnate in their coverage. Obviously, from this season, it's going to be called TNT Sports. It'll be BT's new name. But we've seen them both stagnate. BT came in and they were innovative. You know, picture-in-picture stuff during the games, the, 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 the panel they had, it just felt fresh. CBS in America, totally taken over. Um, so hopefully we'll see something different, but I don't know. But I say all of that to say, how big of an impact do you think Messi's going to have, not just in the MLS, but on sport, Europeans view of sport in America? I'll start with you, Matthew, then Craig, then Mark. It's going to be like gigantic, like generation defying. I'm not mincing my words there, truly more than Beckham, more than Zlatan combined because of just because of the the success and just the kind of way, the, the brand, not even taking sport away from it, the brand that is Lionel Messi because that's what he is right now going to his twilight part of his career. He is, it's a brand going into Inter Miami, that new trendy team with the likes of David Beckham and how we're approaching, how streaming services now are slowly taking over how we, how we do things. That's why, you know, you know, people like, you know, 
blockchain things like Sky are trying so hard to keep up with the new services of Glass, of Virtual, and all that kind of stuff. You know, Apple TV, like I said, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, all these other streaming services. More people now stream more than they watch TV. Because if you're going to, where are you more likely to find Messi? Streaming or on actual TV? You're more likely to find them on streaming because you're the one in control. Um, it's going to be huge and it's slowly kind of changing attitudes over and on the other side of the world in America, how they view European sports. Because especially when you go on places like YouTube and other places of social media, you see a lot more like Americans, Canadians, even other parts of the world, like in Africa and the Middle East, and how they wait, the way they talk about the Premier League is the way that we talk about it. Because these ideas kind of travel, uh, you know, all different influences traveling across the world, meeting up with other fans from around the world. I never thought... You know, you know that there are other fans out there around the world, but to actually meet them and talk to them and the way they talk about it, it's like they know as much as we do. Mm. You know, they know they, they're off, they're as clued up and maybe know even a little bit more because they're coming in from a different perspective. Like the crowds are different, but they're all coming together to to um, talk to the same goal. I mean, one proof of that is how some of the Arsenal, Arsenal American fans talked about um, your owner Stan Kroenke. The, the amount that they knew was mm. staggering because they know the, how the sport operates over there so so different so getting in someone like Messi who's a recognized brand around the world is going to move football again into that new generation for where we are now as I keep mentioning the modern version of football is going to look so different to what we've been used to in our lifetimes over here in the UK and in Europe you know it's gonna just it's it's gonna bring in more fans but not necessarily bring in more fans but to give more fans to watch it with more it, Given, give them a chance to watch with more coverage. It's going to be so much easier for them to be streaming it rather than watching it on TV. Again, you're the one in control. It's going to be so much cheaper. It's going to be easier. Watch on phone, computer, console, whatever. It's going to be no real moment when you're not going to see these your favorite footballers on your screen at any given moment. So the future for football is going to be staggering. Mm. Absolutely staggering. But this is going to be like generation... Define. It wouldn't surprise me if he became how Hamilton is to F1 still, in some respects, he's going to be bigger than the sport. Messi is going to be bigger than the sport once his thing starts taking over. I mean, I'd just say he probably is bigger than the sport right now. But for you, Craig, because you made a good point there, um, Matthew, about Slatan. And obviously, I think that's that's a good... I mean, David Beckham is, is, is a great... Um, it's a, obviously he's a, There's many players I've gone to America in the past, you know, Jan Kroos played over there. Beckenbauer's played there. Pele's played there. They've had many great players in the past, but it was a different league back then. Beckham was the start of like a player who starting to decline, still serviceable, but we, you know he he was never the quickest player in, in his career. But he really was losing his legs in terms of his running, in terms of his um his speed again up and down the pitch. Delivery was still the same, but the pace was starting to dip for Beckham. But when he went over there, still serviceable. I think Zlatan was an interesting one because he did go there, you know, in his in his late prime, or he would say his prime never ended, so never ended, so But in his late prime, <laughs> whenever then dominated. But then what when you look at Messi, especially how it's ended at PSG, like how do you see him kind of take into that league as a player? He's gonna dominate it. Are you better? They're paying him a lot of money, so I feel like because of like where Messi's going to Miami. And Miami's got a lot of, you know, it's got a lot of um, Latin people. So mm. he's, he's Argentinian. So a lot of Latin, the community from Argentina are going to come to watch him in their droves. I bet in their merch, their, their shirts, are gonna, they're going to make loads of sales on their shirts. TV revenue is going to go up. 
they're gonna be a bigger brand around the world because of Messi. That like, on like their Instagram followers are gonna go up, their social media followers are gonna go up because of Messi. Messi's not just a footballer; he's a brand. So him going to um America and going to into Miami, he's gonna he's gonna build that club, and they're gonna get better results now. Get a better coach and better results. So I think they're gonna do well. I yeah, you'll do well there. I'm glad you mentioned better coach because Phil never got fired. Um, from a job that he was given to by his friends, by the way. Um, but he couldn't do that really well. Something about the Neville's in management. Something about them. <laughs> Car- Karma from Reyes, yeah? <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it, yeah, but I agree. It was like everything Craig said. But um, on that note, I think it's it just dawned on me now. And I, I'll throw this to you, Mark. It's quite interesting, the messy saga. When you think about PSG lost the game, he w- had... A holiday booked because he's he's paid by the Saudi Arabian um, governments to promote them as part of tourism, some stuff. So he went over on initially a sanctioned trip during their break. The coach changed his mind and decided to implement a training session, which Messi missed because he was in Saudi Arabia. They then banned him from training or fined him for doing that. And that was pretty much the end of his time at PSG. Now take a step back, think of it from optics perspective. Obviously, Saudi are having a lot of a push for 2030 World Cup. We'll talk about that a bit more in a second. America have the next World Cup with Canada and Mexico. This, the timing of Messi going to there, it just feels like it is just absolute genius. Because for for those sports now, if, if you're if you're a young player, out of favor, like 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 Ricky Pugi, he went to LA Galaxy, which shocked everyone from Barcelona. But if you're a young player, maybe out of contract. Maybe you're not looking to get a run in. You might consider going to Inter Miami now for a season. You might want to go to the MLS to play against Messi for a season. And then and then, and then having quality younger players coming in have a massive impact on the league. But for you, Mark, what, how do you see this playing out for Lionel? And what do you think about his overall time at PSG and now moving over to Inter Miami? So it, it, obviously, for everything that everyone has said, it's a, it's a, it's a big move for for football, the direction of TV rights, um, you know, for for you know Messi the brand, we 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 get it right, but but let's let's not kid ourselves into pretending that the MLS isn't anything more than a retirement home for anyone, right? Like anyone that takes football remotely seriously, um, Lionel Messi is thirty five years old and just won the World Cup, which was the crowning glory of his career. Now. If you'd have told me a year after Messi won the World Cup, he'd be moving to America. Firstly, I'd have thought he'd have won the World Cup in his 20s um, and been like, not a chance. Um, and secondly, I'd have been like, probably not going to happen. But Messi's career is over from, from a footballing perspective in terms of in terms of ambition. He's won the World Cup. He's won Copa America. He doesn't need to be trying to get in the Argentina team. He's broke all the records. He's the greatest player to ever play the game. Well done, Lionel Messi. Now he's building his brand for after football. And, and and it's great for American football. It's great to have a player of his quality still because he still will be one of the best players by a mile. Um, you know, but but it, it it's not it's not, in my opinion, a move in which suggests that the MLS is all of a sudden a place for footballers to go, right? They they go there because they get a lot of money. It's a nice place to live and it's a good place to end your career. And and that has been the case and probably will continue to be the case. And players that have gone there early in their career, they, they, they 
you know, they, they could argue to either be doing it for the money or for the lack of ambition um, within their actual career. You know, the likes of Giovinco maybe would be the example that would come to mind. Um, or you can give them the benefit of the doubt and they say they're doing it for the for the, the 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 lifestyle in which they don't get harassed. So, you know, Giovinco, for example, would say that when he was in Italy, you'd have everyone on his doorstep, contract, autograph, everything, you know, superstar celebrity, you know, at Juventus. When he went to Toronto, no one knew who he was and he could walk the streets and live a relatively normal life, but yet still play football. And fair play, right? If that's your if that's your ambition. But 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 are you trying to tell me that in three years' time Mbappe's going to be like, do you know what? Yeah, let's move to the MLS because that's where the competition's at. Or, you know, Jude Bellingham's going to be like, you know, halfway through his Real Madrid contract. Actually, do you know where I really want to be right now is LA Galaxy. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's not it's not going to happen. And, and and that is unfortunately the nature of of the way it is because of the the monopolies, right? The Champions League is where everybody wants to play, is where everybody wants to win. So Europe is the destination. And everyone from the MLS and, you know, the youngsters there are going to want to come to Europe. That is the reality. Unless that structure changes, which, you know, we've seen in other sports with, you know, golf, for example, and some of the changes that have been going on in golf um, over the last, you know, period with mergings of of big, you know, leagues that you never know where football will go in that way. If it does become more of a global affair, then maybe America would become more of a an, an attractive proposition for a player in their in their mid twenties. But as football currently is, um, I, I I don't see it happening. Well, I'm glad you you brought up that counterpoint about players and their ambitions because there has also been an interesting new development in the world of football I mentioned Qatar earlier and and their um and rivalry and I also mentioned the the country that um Lionel Messi went to do some promotional work for in Saudi Arabia now they are pumping a lot of money into getting veteran footballers footballers who probably have one or two contracts left in them one contract left in them in Benzema massive money he's got getting to go over there uh, Antonio, sorry, uh, N'Golo Kante has come out today, is likely to go to Saudi Arabia. They're also looking at getting Wilfred Saha. They are putting together a very interesting, and of course they've got Cristiano Ronaldo already there. They're picking up some interesting players to try and boost the profile of what is, and I'm being very kind here, I don't know how where it would rank in world football in terms of the league status like is it better than the mls i don't know because the mls looks relatively competitive although defending wise the mls played defense like some people play fifa shockingly poor so i don't know where the saudi saudi arabian league rates in terms of world football um if it's better than the Japanese league, that's a good good standard to be at because I rate the rate the J League quite highly. Um, but I don't know where it sits in in the pantheon. But you'd imagine with all these players coming over, that's the aim to raise the quality of the league, to get in younger. And I think the the key thing in Saudi Arabia, which is where I think you're right, Mark, talking about the the MLS not being attractive for younger players. If I mean, I think Hazard should go there anyway. Get the money, get like the bag. But let's say a young, promising player, a lot like when Oscar went to China, because that shocked everyone, because he went at 24. Massive. So if, if a player... Okay, if Vinicius Jr.'s next move is to Saudi Arabia, then I think we need to take the league a lot more seriously. For now, it's just, it's just a strange 
that you know they're doing what the MLS did a couple of years ago, pre. Um, I think around the Beckham era, where they were just paying money money to a lot of players that were at the end of their their abilities and and they're just not quite as good as they were in Europe. Like when Omri went over there, all due respect, like it was you, you were you were retiring. Slatan made it fun and Omri did some cool stuff over there, but you guys were nowhere near what you were in Europe in your prime. Um, but that could be interesting if they actually pick up some young young promising players. If they were able to convince someone, I mean, if Deli Ali went over there and reinvents his career, that could be interesting too. Um, I mean, I, I think just secure the bag, if anything, like you know, Jesse Lingard as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think if a young promising player went over to to Saudi Arabia, like a Vinicius, like Bellingham after three years at Real Madrid, I think that that would then change the, the landscape because twenty thirty is the World Cup they want. Uh, whether they get it, I don't know. But if they can attract those players in, it could change a few things. But um, how would you think about that, Craig, if um, Saudi Arabia looked at what the MLS have done and do it a lot better? It'd be amazing for them. For that. They're, they're building the profile of the country. More people want to go visit them. More people want to play football there. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, if if you if you never see Ronaldo in the flesh and you see Ronaldo playing in Saudi Arabia, you're gonna to want to go and watch Ronaldo play. That's what I mean. That's yeah. an example. You can go watch Ronaldo play, but please respect the country's laws. They're very strict. Very very strict. Strict Muslim. No drinking. No holding hands. If you're not, you know what I mean. Yeah, I won't go into that for legal reasons. No 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 har- <laughs> no haram behavior. <laughs> yes, halal so, only. As I was saying, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'll be a good attraction if if they if they're able to get the right players in and they can build a profile of the league, and if they get and if they get successful bid for the twenty thirty World Cup, it'll be the ice on the cake. They'll, they'll thank Ronaldo and Messi for endorsing the country, in a way for them endorsing the country for them to go there, have a World Cup there, like how Qatar was the World Cup and it was a very good World Cup. To be fair, it was a good World Cup. So if it happens, it happens. So it all it, yeah. I'll, I'll throw this to you, Matthew, because I just thought of it now. Um, Who's going to have a better season next year? Benzema, Cristiano Ronaldo, or Lionel Messi? Oof. <laughs> That's Oof. a good one. <laughs> Oof. Benzema, Ronaldo, or Messi? Benzema, Ronaldo, both in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Messi's moved to America. Who's going to have a better season next year? That's, that's a tough one. I think lucrat- lucratively, money-wise, is going to be Messi. But I think playing-wise... Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Benzema's going there for a reason. So I wouldn't be surprised if Benzema just took took it out of that bag. I said he had a reason. He had a reason. So yeah, for, I can see him pulling it out four hundred million a season for three years. Money, 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 money. Yeah, that's that's what he's getting. So I, think, I don't think I don't think he's going to be complaining much. Um, Mark, who do you think is going to have a better season out of those three? Honestly. Don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh, but like the, the the reality is, like I love all of them. They've all had fantastic careers. I may watch Benzema play in the um World Club, World Club Cup. Um, I will not watch a Saudi Arabia game all season. I I will not watch the MLS. Um, you know, so from from my perspective, who's gonna have the better season? Like play in a league that's relevant, and then I'll be interested, right? Like you know, I I think at this stage they're they're past relevance. Um, and that's their choice. Um, you know, and it's the choice that lots of players take at that particular stage in their career. And and you know, I think some of them make it because 
you know, more so Zlatan, you know, for example, he proved that he could still play at the high level when he came back and played at Milan, right? Like, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm still Zlatan, basically, right? But, um, but no, I think, I think all in all, like, from, from my perspective, it's great for them leagues. Um, let's not talk about Saudi Arabia and their human rights records. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely pleading the fifth on that one. But um, yes, not supportive of their human rights records at all. Um, America, you know, fair play. Um, it's it's going to be great for the American fans who uh, should we say learning football, and you know, it's new to them in the in the grand scheme of of things. Um, you know, so it'll be great for them to have a player of of that quality and be able to go and see him play live. Um, for me, um, I I am not really overly interested in who has the best season out of the three of them. So that's Doesn't a fair really point. It's a fair point, and also also what's really important to say. Cristiano Ronaldo can always come back. There's always been that rumor about Newcastle. So let's just watch it. Let's just watch this space. Yeah. I'm not saying that I think he should come back, but if he did come back and outscores Callum Wilson. Um, it's not a silly bet either. Because he, he did outscore you when he was last in the league at Manchester United twice. So. If the numbers add up, then why not? So then. What about the numbers? So, so numbers that, that game. could be a thing. Um, I guess the final thing just for us to close, obviously Zlatan Ibrahimovic has announced his retire. Well, Zlatan has not retired from football. Football's retired from Zlatan. <laughs> Let's get it right. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the great footballing mavericks. In fact, I think you mentioned this as well, Matthew, how Ted Lasso had a character called Zafa who was yeah. practically Zlatan in every way, shape or form. Um, and it, it was really well done. And I think... It's a shame that now there'll be no more Zlatan moments on the pitch. But for you guys, do you think we'll ever have another great Maverick like him? I've seen some people mention Haaland's name, but I'll be honest, Haaland ain't, he's not that guy. Not levels like like, like Zlatan, no. He could become it, maybe. But Zlatan's level of self-confidence was was so... That, that guy believed... I, I, this is this is how far Zlatan is. Zlatan believed in himself so much. He wrote self-belief in the dictionary. He made self-belief a word. <laughs> self-belief he knew it was a word. <laughs> it was just like, oh, I'm I, I'm Zlatan. No, your self-belief. I'm Zlatan. <laughs> but yeah, do you think we'll ever have another Maverick like him in the um, game? No, that that them, them type of Maverick players are, are dying out of the game now. Hmm. Because the way our coaches are now, they're not, not going to want Mavericks in the team anymore. They're going to want players uh, who work in the team ethos, ethos of, a, of the style of how they want to manage They're not going to have, like back in the day, you had the Cantonars, you had the, the Canios, you had the Zlatan. Them type of players are not in football anymore. He, he was the last of the dying breed of that type of footballer. Mm. So, nah. What about for you, Matthew? True say, like, gone to the days where, and I think it's a little bit of a shame because it's kind of taken like a, just a little bit of the fun and the sparkle of the panto out of it, which can sometimes make it so interesting, you know, mm. as why we like the likes of, you know, like Zlatan, Di Canio, uh, Canada, Mourinho, Pierre-Luigi Colina, those kind of outstanding characters that just make it just so much more watchable outside of the game itself. Craig is right how he's saying that you want to play more of a, whole kind of thing like a whole homogenized thing where everyone's together no one's uh, you know you have to look oh you have to look at what um southgate i know is doing with the england team where they're more media trained and more trained more better representative they're more you know conscious of you know the things that they say 
you can't do that with someone like Zlatan. He's like, and he's an urban, he's going to go down like an urban legend, you know, like Chuck Norris, mm. even. And if we're going down the route of, you no, know, like saying the likes of Erling Haaland and going down wrestlers, if Haaland's Brock Lesnar, Zlatan's The Rock. Zlatan is The Rock. Sometimes the best parts of Zlatan is when he's not even kicking the ball. Sometimes it's just him talking. You know, you would, I would pay. Would you, I would, I would, but would you pay good money to hear him do like a monologue or something yes. or a TED talk? Yes. Can you imagine a TED talk by Zlatan Ibrahimovic? That'd be amazing. That would be sensational. I'll pay good money to that. Zlatan, I'm just saying, mate. I'm just saying, three tickets, four tickets right here. Now, it's a shame. Um, football's moving on, but we can always smile with the memories and all the, the sensational about that, that England game where he basically took on England by himself. I want to put in one more thing as well. This guy was so good that one, it was a FIFA World Cup game. Sweden didn't make it, but Zlatan did in his PSG kit. That's bad. That is that. bad boy. All the other, all the other players in their international kit, and he had this one don in his PSG outfit doing his thing. That's that's bad. He's bad. So we're gonna miss him. Yeah, we are. So there's one thing I've got to say. I think I think the one thing that I rated about Zlatan as well is that when he um when he turned on Arsene Wenger, <laughs> when Arsenal could have signed him when he was like 17, and he told Arsene Wenger straight, Zlatan don't do trials. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy, man. He had the number nine shirt and everything. Wow. Like, I don't man. do what auditions. Could, what could have been? What a guy. For you, Mark, what's your enduring, enduring memory of Slatan? And will we have another like him? Yeah, he's he's one of the greatest players of our generation. And obviously, you know, you, you kind of love him or hate him based on his personality. But, you know, he is no doubt iconic and a very, yeah, very fascinating footballer like you say full of confidence you know you, you do wonder how much of it's an act um an act that he's really really good at acting it's almost like he's created this kind of persona that is Latan Ibrahimovic that's not actually himself it's hard to say like you know the, the you know the, the he, you know this quotes from him where he says like I don't like to talk about myself and then there's quotes from him where he's like you know um I'm the greatest person that has ever lived. I think one of my favorite Latin quotes, quotes, let me see if I can find it. I can't help but laughing at how perfect I am. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> oh, it's like, you know, <laughs> but I, I think, I think my, my all time favorite is Latin story. Um, and probably a good one to, to just, you know, show that as much as he is a, a, a an enigma on every level, he's also just a fun, decent human being is that Zlatan was playing video games with this guy online, but he was playing behind a persona. So they didn't know it was him. Um, and he'd started doing like little bits of talking on headsets with them. And they'd started to get a feeling that it was Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but he wasn't letting on like that. It was him, that it was him. And um, this guy had been talking about this particular watch that he liked um, that, that, you know, to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, and one time Zlatan just sent him a message telling him to go to a particular store um and collect the watch um and the guy went to the store and collected the watch and that was when he revealed that he was Latin Ibrahimovic to the guy but like this was like quite an expensive like you know watch but Zlatan just you know kind of made a story of it kind of played the game with it and was like yeah just you know that's for you you owe me nothing like um and whilst he's such a 
obviously big ego and that's what's got him to where he is. I think behind that is is a very, very reasonable human being who yeah. has had an exceptional career and someone who, you know, he he talks the talk because he's done, he's walked the walk at, at the end of the day. Like, you know, he, you know, I remember when Rayola um, sat him down before he was his agent and it was what signed him. He basically told Zlatan that he wasn't good enough. He was like, you're shit. Like, your numbers are rubbish. Like, compare them to all the other people in the league. Like, you're not good enough, mate. Like, you got all this talk, but you're not good enough. You need to get your act together. And then he talks about, you know, the times where Capello would show him videos to try to, you know, get him better and better and better. And he'd obsess him on these videos. Like, this is someone who has, you know, worked and worked and worked to get to the levels that he is. So... For me, all respect to Zlatan. Thank you for so many incredible moments, including four against England um, and some ridiculous overhead kick. Um, yeah, what a great career. And in light of all of our love and respect for Zlatan and his former clubs into Milan, Forza into Milan, we are supporting you all the way on Saturday. Forza Milan, let's go. Yeah, I, I, I back that 10,000%. We do not want the blue half of Manchester to make any more history than they already have. In fact, there's only one bit of history that we want them to see them make. And it's the same history that Juventus have made this season, getting stripped for financial irregularities. That's all I'm saying. There's still time, FA. There's still time, Premier League. There's still time, Metropolitan Police. <laughs> it's a crime. It's an absolute travesty that they're still free. We don't want them to win. But if they do win... <laughs>